Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with performance and how to improve the human experience. Twice a week, I explore the latest science, technology, and tactics with experts in various fields of human optimization. I'm your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. Superhumans, it's Boomer Anderson, and we are back with another episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. As always, our episodes are focused on optimizing performance, and this is an episode that I would say is to the extreme of that continuum, and that's because our guest today is Dr. Ali Suviarvi, and I am so excited for this episode because Dr. Ali is somebody that I want to have on the show for a very long time. You may be familiar with some of Dr. Ali's work. It's the Biohacker Handbook, where he is a co-author. He is a co-owner or co-founder of the Biohacker Center, and he's also one of the co-organizers of the Biohacker Summit, which yours truly is speaking at this fall. But today we got into a lot, so much so that it's going to take me forever to type up these show notes. We talked a little bit about really optimizing sleep, specifically how Dr. Ali gets so much deep sleep. We talked a little bit about getting out in nature and the benefits for you by doing that, and really get into things like high-intensity repeat training. If you're unfamiliar with any of those terms, or if you just want to really see what one of the pioneers in this field is doing on an everyday basis to optimize his performance, you're going to want to stick it out to the end of this episode. The show notes for this one are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash Oli, that's O-L-L-I. Enjoy my episode with Dr. Oli Suviarvi. Dr. Oli, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Boomer. This is going to be amazing because I, I love your work. I love the work that you guys publish. I love the Biohacker Handbook. And of course, the Biohacker Summit is something that we'll get into it a little bit later. But one question I've always wanted to ask you, and I haven't had the chance to yet, is how did you get into biohacking? Yeah, that's, that's a question I get quite a bit, and uh, I've had some time to reflect on that. So um, I, I think I've been a kind of a biohacker for uh, at least 20 years or so, because most most of the people, they uh, like back in the 90s, they go into athletics and, and sports and and especially bodybuilding so you're playing with like creatine and whey protein and you know the stuff that's that's been available there and trying to hack your body to be the most muscular but of course back then uh, it was just that so i didn't i didn't know anything about like sleep hacking or stress management uh, you, you know you just you were really in your 20s and even even younger you just pushed through the sleep deprivation and, and the feelings that might, might have been slowing down for you. But um, for me, the nutrition part has been always uh, that I've been very interested in. So actually, before even uh, going to the medical school, I actually got also into the nutrition department in the University of Helsinki. But I, of course, chose the medical school, so I got into both schools. So the, the enthusiasm has been there with, with me for very long time and of course uh, my, my family is, is loaded with doctors and physicians so they, there has been an interest in health like from from the day day one so uh, I wasn't very sick uh, I was very healthy actually as, as a child so not, not many antibiotics and so on we had very good nutrition and 
uh, we are very close to the nature. But uh, from there on, uh, I literally began to burn myself from the both ends of the candle and just, you know, doing too much, too much of a good thing and uh, cutting off from sleep and stress management. So I remember my schedule back in medical school. I had this uh, handwritten like diary and schedule. It was from the <laughs> morning when I wake up uh, to the late evening. It was packed. And at, at sometimes at points, it was also packed for the night because I, mm -hmm. I used to do like a lot of DJing, sometimes even like three gigs per week. I, I've seen I've seen your <laughs> videos of you DJing, DJ Ollie. We're, we're going to have to link to that one in the show notes. Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the story is that I did way too much and, and you know, burned myself off way too, way too early. So from there on, fast forward uh, uh, about five years. So uh, like sleep, uh, appreciation for sleep and, and more recovery. So it, it's been an ongoing process. And uh, at, at this point, I think I've kind of mastered it for, for somehow. Of course, the life situations change and a newborn child is, is, is uh, always a, a stressor. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about medical school because one question that follow on question based on what you said is I'm relatively familiar with U.S. medical school and what a doctor typically goes through in terms of curriculum. Um, from a Finnish medical perspective, medical school perspective, that is, do you get much training on some of these elements that we bring into or you guys bring into biohacking, like nutrition, like I don't know, even sleep hygiene, for instance? uh very little or, so <laughs> yeah so most of it was learned i guess what i'm saying is that, like most of it was learned after the fact is that right uh, totally totally of course okay. we had some nutrition classes and but you know they were the basics and and uh biochemistry i uh, i really liked biochemistry in, in the in the first two years of the medical school so mm -hmm. I've learned uh, like the citric acid cycle and uh, the beta oxidation and and you know the stuff like that. So that wasn't new to me. But you you forget these things if you are not using those. But there are some, mm -hmm. somewhere in, in the memory. So I'm very grateful of of those basic biology and uh, molecular biology, biochemistry teachings that were taught in the, in the first two years of the bio, uh, the medical school. But from there on, uh, I don't really remember anything. That we had anything about sleep perhaps mm -hmm. in, the, in the pharmacology course like here are the sleeping pills <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's about it <laughs> uh, we can discuss sleeping pills later but wanted to pick your brain on that period after medical school where you're traveling around finland as a doctor because i've heard some anecdotal stories about you just kind of traveling around going from city to city what was that like and how did that sort of catalyze your your move into biohacking yeah it, it was uh, certainly a path path to that because that was uh, really exhausting so that, that was my own choice of course uh, mm -hmm. there was this first uh, rental uh, doctor's rental company called uh, uh, med one in finland and the, they were recruiting young young like capable doctors and i was all going, oh yeah i do it and i'm a <laughs> fucking superhero i go from place to place to place uh, so was uh, five years i was basically 
well, not all the time, but I was, I was kind of uh, being on call 24-7, you know, just everybody would call me, okay, now there's a need for a doctor in, in Vasa, which is like 500 kilometers from here. So then I might, you know, go for a week there and I flew there from 6 a.m. Monday airplane and then I worked, worked my ass for the whole week and then, then you know, came back. So it was like either driving or flying into different kind of cities and of course that was very interesting to see different people different kind of places and how how people were really more relaxed outside the big cities and mm-hmm. uh, and the problems were different so i'm really grateful for for the opportunities to have seen so many people but that was that was like exhausting because i i couldn't sleep my nervous system was always on the sympathetic side you know I, I was always ready and my sleep was like shit and i was very tired so uh eventually i, I had enough and i just you know I, I just had to drop it so let's transition now into the biohackers handbook and for the uninitiated of course i'm going to link to it in the show notes but do you mind explaining a little bit about the biohackers handbook because you guys put a lot of work in it and it's still one of my go-to reference guides today uh do you mind just taking the audience through what the biohacker handbook is yeah sure so the idea became uh crystallized already back in 2013 so uh me and team are in uh we arranged the first uh, quantified self and biohacking uh, meetup in Helsinki in April of 2013. And in the summer, we decided, okay, we need to uh, begin writing a manual or kind of a textbook for for human body that's that's not being written, uh, that's, that's covering all the basic aspects of, of being a human body, where it's sleep, whether it's movement, whether it's nutrition, work, or mind control, or sleep, or, you know, you, you, you want to, whatever you want so um my inspiration for these have been quite a few books so i've been reading uh, actually study the integral theory put put up by uh, a philosopher ken wilber so um my perception wow. and, and the the sense of uh like mapping the reality has been uh like widening all the time so I, I literally read every book of him like 30 books books or so and i even, even went to the uh, john f kennedy university to study it online so um I so, was, yeah. yeah for those people who are unfamiliar with ken wilbur like uh, from personal experience his books can be pretty intense and you know you've gone, through, <laughs> <laughs> you've gone through and read almost all of his work if not all of it and studied with him so that's pretty awesome yeah, that, that came, uh, gave a lot of perspective on life and, uh, and really like understanding the systems behind systems, behind systems, you know, you know these uh, meta, meta systems that are like natural hierarchies and, and different kind of uh, developmental maps. So that, that gave me a lot of understanding, but uh, the, still they're lacking this basic uh, manual of, of the human body and, and how to actually read this how, how to um you know when you have a like a car or, or some kind of machine you have the manual but we are not having any manual of this human body of course we have different kind of books but not not anything like very uh, conclusive i'm not saying the biographies and book is by any means conclusive but it's covering the basics uh one inspiration was uh about 1990s written book by michael murphy uh, it's uh, the future of the body so that's that's like 
I don't know, seven, eight hundred pages uh, covering like different aspects of the human body and different techniques from like Kundalini yoga to, you know, strength training and all, all kinds of really crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. So I, I think that's that's one of the uh, like a prelim, preliminary books on biohacking too. I don't know if many, but many people have even heard about that, but that's. We're going to link to it in the show notes. So people are for now. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a black book, like weighs about the same as our book. So it's massive. (laughs) And and I think you did put the book in perspective. It it is quite heavy, but how many scientific resources do you guys have in there? Because what I loved about it was your dedication throughout the process to the science. Yeah, there's, uh, it depends on, on the version, but I think the latest one has about 1,560 references. Wow. So that's that's quite a bit of reading. Also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like I said, I, I use it as a reference guide. But since the publication of that book, I imagine because times evolve all the time or times evolve all the time. That's great English. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> looking, looking at some of... Uh, some of the things that you've been doing, whether it be on Instagram or whatever social media platform, I imagine you've discovered a lot even since the publication of that book. What have been some of your latest discoveries? Uh, it has to do about different aspects of resilience. Resilience. Mm-hmm. So how to become more resilient as a human being, whether it's, it's a resilience into an environment, where it's resilience into physical aspects or to your social aspects or whatnot so that's actually gonna be our uh, second book that's gonna be the follow-up for the biocus handbook uh, the title mm-hmm. is not yet said but it, it's gonna be some some something like the resilient human being or or that so we have actually the biocus stress book already written in finnish and it's been published about a year ago but uh it's about the one-third of the of the amount that in the, it's in the bikes and we we wanted really to widen this okay stress uh, it, it's just a part of, of of being a human body but how to become actually resilient so we're going to be covering all kinds of aspects re- related mm-hmm. to that so i've been very interested in the, for example in seamland's work on mm-hmm. autophagy and, and uh, you know the mTOR and ampk and and the metabolic longevity and the cleaning processes and stuff like that so they're they're crucial on the, on the cell level but there are of course uh, same kind of uh, processes going on whether it's in the environmental level or in the, in the social level or just in the mind level so uh, we are planning on putting all these aspects together in, in one book so that's 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 been fascinating me a lot lately and of course uh, we have a uh, lab- laboratory result optimization uh, web course coming up, and that's that's mm-hmm. I've done like about a year of work to put it together in Finnish. It's it's uh, the pilot was very successful, and a lot of people have learned about that. So excellent. Yeah, can we can we go a little bit into that resilience? So I, I know Talib probably owns the trademark on the anti fragile word. Yeah, but. Yeah. If somebody were to today say, you know, hey, I'm a stressed out, let's call it financial professional, entrepreneur, whatever it is, how the hell do I build this resilience thing? Mm. Where, where do you get them started? Well, the basics, as we have covered in, in our book. So um, 
I, I know this is cliche, but you know, sleep, fixing your sleep, it's it's just so crucial because mm-hmm. uh, I, I wasn't like resilient enough because I slept like five and a half hours, and the quality was very bad. So if you're if you're not sleeping enough, if the quality is not enough for your needs, you're gonna be suffering and you're not gonna be performing optimally. So that that has to be the number one thing that where we began. And after that comes the resilient aspect of, of stress tolerance, uh, the hormesis, and how you can actually develop your stress tolerance and, and your resiliency in the physical side. Mm-hmm. But the mental aspect is uh, at least as important as this, the physical aspect, because it's, it's, they're saying that mind over matter. And it, it is true because you're actually controlling everything um, like intentional with your thoughts and of course a lot of unprocessed uh, subconscious uh, thoughts and patterns but you can become aware of those and, and train yourself to become more uh, mental resilient mm-hmm. and then you can begin to hack your environment your work environment where you live at how, how toxic the environment is uh, by cleaning it up and moving into more into nature and, and so on and 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 of course your family situation your relationship with your closest ones your uh, marriage possible marriage children and stuff like that they all have a very huge impact but i would go in i don't know in exactly in that order but you know there are these basic fundamental aspects that you have to begin with uh, working with so let's double click on sleep because i've read a lot of your work on sleep and it's fascinating the lengths that you go to to achieve the good sleep that you do. One of the things that you've mentioned in other shows is your routines and how you use routines to really structure and optimize that sleep. Can you go into some of your routines specifically? And I may ask you a couple of questions about some of the devices that you use. Yeah. Do you mean like sleep routines? Yeah. Let's or, go into or that. Whatever how, how do you... So how do you achieve, I've seen some pretty large numbers from you in terms of deep sleep. How do you achieve that amount of deep sleep and overall kind of quality sleep architecture? Yeah, that's, that's been a ongoing process. So I've noticed that uh, if I'm physically active throughout the day, it will definitely increase my deep sleep. That's, that's Mm -hmm. an umbrella, but there's a caveat in, in this because if, if I do too heavy, uh, too heavy workouts that are too stressing for the central nervous system and the autonomic nervous system, then it might actually drop a little bit. So there's this mm-hmm. uh, fine line and a fine volume that my body is able to take. But just overall physical uh, activity throughout the day is really helping to develop the deep sleep. But for my routines... Uh, I go to sleep a little bit later than my wife and my child because they go to sleep like at nine or even before <laughs> that. So I'm, I'm naturally towards more of a more of an evening person. So about midnight, mm-hmm. it's 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 a good good time for me. So I have a time for myself, and uh, I use um, I usually go every evening to have a little sweat on the infrared sauna, and then I take a two to five minute cold shower. I, I see the cold shower and, of course, the combination of hot and cold. It's, it's really important for the nervous system, but especially the cold aspect has been shown to really activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's really helping me to feel good, feel relaxed and calm down. 
But uh, as was featured in the sleep article, uh, I have this amazing Finnish technology called Neurosonic. So that's let's go into that because I've been in touch with those guys and I've been wanting to get one. But uh, talk to us a little bit about what the Neurosonic is. Yeah, well, it's basically a Finnish uh, university innovation that's based on whole body, low level vibration. And there are certain programs and uh, for certain like purposes, like 10 minute relaxation or 25 minute relaxation or 12 minute activation that are based on uh, various kinds of uh, vibrational uh, patterns. So when you have a, like an activation mode, you have more like a more robust, uh, more activating, you know, vibration in, in the whole body. And you're actually, you're lying on, on, on a divan or, or like a couch or, or whatever you choose the device to be. I have the divan, which is really great. It's really, uh, really nice position for the body. It looks like a uh, therapy chair, if I if yeah. I remember correctly. Uh, right? Yeah, there there are therapy chairs, but also divan. You are, you are lying in a very comfortable position. Okay, Got so it. that's that's what I have uh, at home, and I like the forty five uh, forty one minute recovery program. So the different segments that are uh, doing different things for the body, and uh, that's mm-hmm. that's been really really helpful for not only better sleep but better recovery and uh, higher. Uh, heart rate variability and actually it's affecting even even my intestines and, and better stool stool function and then you know I, I would say it's it's a complete uh whole body treating device as well mm-hmm. uh, but you also because this device in a way sounds similar to some of I mean, I mean i realize they're different but some of the technology that i've heard you mention before is pemf right? Yeah. And so comparing the effects of both, do you stack them? Do you keep them separate? Uh, how do you, how do you use those in your life? Yeah, you can definitely stack them up if you have, uh, don't have like, uh, you have a limited time. So that's what we covered up in, in our podcast with Ben Greenfield. We have mm-hmm. this uh, five different kind of stacks that you can use time efficient, uh, methods for recovery or or whatnot so you can definitely use them together uh back at home i have the pmf whole body pmf device called beamer pro pro mm-hmm. body that's one of the oldest and most research uh device so their fun- their functions are totally different the other one is low level vibration this is uh, like the pulsed electromagnetic field therapy Mm-hmm. So and and this PMF uh, the beamer is more for the microcirculation and the recovery in that sense. So it's it's washing out uh, all, all like accumulated waste and and just helping the microcirculation to work better. So if I had some kind of like uh, I don't know uh, some some kind of feeling that okay my thighs are not not like feeling really well. So eight just eight minutes in in this uh, device I feel a lot more better circulation in, mm-hmm. in this specific area or or the overall body so there are also uh, like sleep programs to be used with with this ad mat that's uh functioning like the two first hours of the night and then the two la- two last hours i haven't used that uh, i haven't found it any uh, that i really need that because i use it in the evening and in the morning so those have been like my latest 
additions in the past two years and they really have an effect on the overall function, overall health, I would say health, like mostly. So going back to the sleep routine, we went to, we went through looking at the sauna, the cold shower. We talked a little bit about the low level vibration. Now the PEMF, is there anything else that you, you mix in there that helps ensure an epic night's sleep? Yeah. I, I've been using like about three and a half years, this, uh, view lights, intranasal infrared light therapy. Which one do you have? Because I, I have one sitting right here. I love it. I have the 8110. Uh, okay. So that's that's specifically for the brain. Mm-hmm. So I, I like them all, but that's that's what I've been using like over three years. So I mm-hmm. also use that when I'm lying in the neurosonic. So I'm, I'm really combining. And I, I might even, I have this uh, <laughs> one other device. It's, it's called Heat Tense. So it's, it's uh, heating... For example, if I have some traps uh, that are tight, I, I put it on up here, and they send like both heat and some like electro electromuscular stimulation just to get it uh, loose. So I, I might look pretty funny when I <laughs> lie there in divan, like shoulders grabbing like this, and <laughs> have something in my nose, and I'm like, dude, what the bleep are you doing there? So yeah, but I, I found that. Uh, there, or there, I wouldn't use them if they, they wouldn't have any effect on my body. So I, I'm using them because I like them. Mm-hmm. And in terms of just general supplements or things that you use or any sort of nutrition protocol that you follow that helps make sure that you get that sleep? Yeah. Uh, magnesium, It's it's been a staple for me over 10 years, probably like, I don't know, almost 20 years. Uh, of course, the forms of magnesium have developed, and I've found a very good formulation that's combining like three different magnesium forms that are supportive mm-hmm. for the liver and also for the nervous system and the energy production. So I, I have to have my magnesium because I'm also like, an, I wouldn't say wasting, but uh, my body needs a lot of magne- magnesium. And I know this by measuring the whole blood and the, or the erythrocyte magnesium levels. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's very important. Uh, I use, also use taurine, extra taurine, just to get a little bit more GABA effect and also antioxidant e- effects on the whole body. And, and uh, you know, basic, basic uh, supplementation in, in that wise sink mm-hmm. and of course the melatonin pathway supportive things but i've actually found that uh not any supplement is as effective as is two green kiwis okay is the green kiwis uh, let's go into the green kiwis right because <laughs> yeah. um there are probably some people listening to this who think that they shouldn't be eating anything past dinner right And they kind of cut themselves off because the perception is if they eat something late into the evening, it's just going to turn into body fat. What is the significance of those green kiwis? Is it magnesium? Is it something else? I I would love to hear the magic behind the sauce. Yeah, there are actually two researches on on this uh, particular subject. Uh, Even the researchers don't actually know what are the specific mechanisms on that. But I would, they assume, and I would also assume that there are uh, nutritional elements that are supportive for the melatonin pathway. So, for example, vitamin C, folate, uh, some zinc, 
I don't know if there is uh, that much zinc in, in kiwis, but but overall different kind of uh, nutritional elements that support uh, the melatonin pathway. But also I would say that it's uh, in itself it feels calming. Uh, this goes mo- more into the metaphysics, but uh, you know when I eat anything like cucumber or kiwis or anything green, so I feel more relaxed. So there has to uh-huh. be something in in the energies of of the kiwis too. Uh, that's of course very hard to uh, investigate, but but uh, that's what I feel when I eat the kiwi. On the flip side, do you have any foods that, from a metaphysical perspective, trigger you to go the opposite way? Yeah, anything stimulating, uh, too much, okay. too much like raw cacao, or uh, I wouldn't drink any coffee, of course, uh, like no brainers. But yeah, that 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 seems like an obvious one. Yeah, right? like, of course. Uh, what we have uh, covered up in in our nutrition chapters are uh, tyramines, uh, foods containing tyramines and other like amines, like uh, mm-hmm. a lot of cheese and or red wines or a lot of dark chocolate and, and stuff like that. They might be stimulating the noradrenaline or the norepinephrine synthesis and its release. So, And that works predominantly through like a histamine action. Yeah, yeah, histamine. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. quite sensitive to histamine, so uh, I found that I actually might pop an antihistamine if I feel uh, like a runny nose and, and a little bit of heart palpitation due to eating uh, too much histamine, uh, releasing or containing foods. So I have a like genetic... Uh, like a disruption in the diamine oxidase enzyme. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, I could get the DAO uh, enzyme product, but that's, those are really scarce, so they're, they're not really easy, easy mm-hmm. to find. So just uh, finding what your body functions and uh, what are your personal traits in, in that sense. Uh, and I think that too stimulating. I've also found for me personally that if I don't eat anything, so I, I'm uh, my nervous system is is still a bit bit activated. For example, the kiwis they really calm down the nervous system. You have some some uh, carbohydrates and and just a just some calming element. Uh, I wouldn't uh, eat like a huge meal right before bed. I would give give that uh, like three four hours time uh, just to began the digesting process but uh, to the notion that it would immediately turn into body fat it's it's not not really like that if you're it, it won't turn into body fat if you're eating like calorie deficit that's a that's a just a fact but uh, i mm-hmm. i know i understand the concern but i i wouldn't be concerned on that sense so a lot of what we've talked about it sounds like you've spent a decent amount of time measuring uh, what you're doing and its effects and uh, overall how it's in, how these different technologies, supplements, et cetera, have, have affected you. How important is it to measure or establish metrics for measurement in, on this sort of path to optimization? Uh, it's not uh, totally... Uh... You, you don't have to do it, but but it's very wise and it's it's tool. It's it's a kind of an objective lens on, for example, sleep and uh, HRV and, and stress levels, mm. just to become aware of things that okay, if I do this, it, it affects me like this, for example. So I like uh, actually at the moment I have this uh, Garmin's Vivo Move HR. Uh, okay, it, it, it's measuring my recovery and, and the stress twenty four seven. 
So mm-hmm. uh, it's continuous HRV measurement process that's based on first beats algorithm and their technology. So I get this graph, how, how much rest there has been during, throughout the day, and of course, during the night, how, how big are the stress peaks that's mm-hmm. been uh, along my day. And I can uh, like uh, accumulate and adjust my load just based on that. So I, I really like that one. And of course, of course, the ordering has been stable for me two, re- two years. Uh, I like the sleep data, HRV data, and of course, the, the artificial intelligence that's in there, and it's actually learning about you. The, mm-hmm. the thing is that this is not precise, and it shouldn't be, it can't really be precise, but it's precise enough, and it's the trends are uh, the things that really matter. So you can see how, how your personal things for example in the deep sleep or hrv are developing and what kind of things that you do in your life affect those Mm -hmm. and 100 percent agree i think it's great to have the data in relation to you right you know it may not match the polysomography test per se but it still gives you perspective from the end of one if you will and of course if you have a, a multiple devices that are for example measuring sleep so, for, for example, this Garmin's VivoMove HR, it's also uh, measuring sleep. But what I've noticed that it it doesn't really get deep sleep right. So yeah. uh, that that's the problem. But the worst problem is that uh, it gives too little or very high REM amount. For example, for mm-hmm. me, it gives uh, very little REM uh, compared to the Garmin's data. So I might get like three hours of REM according to this, but like an hour according to Aura. So I, I've seen the trend there and uh, I've uh, like uh, been able to find out how I actually feel uh, mental-wise. For, for me, mm-hmm. that if, if I don't get enough REM, I, I'm, I'm more emotionally like uh, unstable and, and so on. So um, I've noticed that this Garmin's uh, device gets more accurate in a sense on the REM side than does the Aura. And that's actually been many people's uh, notion as well so interesting because i have what you cited earlier is the opposite problem where it's the rem sleep is sometimes you know 50 percent of total sleep which is to me seems insanely high that's probably um, not accurate at all so. yeah exactly right? <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know by stacking these different technologies and kind of comparing and contrasting you can actually arrive at something that's quite useful now in terms of just uh, biomarkers or kind of uh, or quantified self even markers themselves are there ones that you'd recommend to just people who are getting into biohacking or maybe even sort of midway on the continuum to follow on a kind of day-to-day or even quarterly basis mm. yeah it's just you know these basic metrics that for example ordering and the garments technologies provide there are of course of course like the sleep uh, calculations deep sleep REM sleep mm-hmm. and total sleep and spent like sleep efficiency and wake-ups and, and so on those those are like very basics but i, I would also pay attention to like uh, resting heart rate and how, how fast it goes down during the night and if it's elevated and, and that's like one of the oldest things that you can actually measure is like morning heart rate it gives you mm-hmm. a lot of information about about your uh, state of the nervous system uh, of course, uh, more advanced that, that's actually been available for quite a bit is, is the HRV, uh, the heart rate variability measurements, and uh, how, how it uh, 
how, how your HRV changes during the night. Do you have a nice, nice like a, a peak there, and that's 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 a signal that okay, now there's a, a tremendous recovery going on. And of course, what are the, what are the trends? For example, the past week and and so on. So I, I really like the trends, not not so much of an individual metrics or measurements, but the trends in in the longer period of time. And so you use this to plan things like your workouts as well as kind of how you attack your day. Do I have that right? Yeah, I, I do that. So, uh, for example, I had uh, like past week, uh, I arranged my four years birthday party here at, at our house. And nice. it has a lot of, had a lot of work and uh, my activity levels were like to the roof, like double the normal. I was walking like 20,000 20, steps a day, you know, just getting things done and throwing some workouts in there and I, I knew that this this was a period of, of not that much of recovery but uh, after following that for example this week I'm really laid back and taking it easy so uh, you can plan these kind of things and you can see what it does to your body and what kind of suggestions for example the aura gives you so my, my activity was like double or triple to the recommendation <laughs> activity wise in the, the ordering but um, yeah that, that actually goes into the main problem so if you're like a serious athlete the ordering is not really supporting you in that sense on that mm-hmm. activity side because you get these very high activity levels and it's it's thinking that that you're like straining yourself too much even though you have mm-hmm. trained to strain yourself that much and your baseline is, is somewhat different from from like a normal person mm-hmm. yeah so let's talk about that athlete or exercise in general, right? because you experiment with a lot of different exercises and you mentioned a past history of kind of going into kind of bodybuilding, if you will. What one of your recent experiences or experiments, I should say, is high intensity repeat training. Do you mind going into this a little bit? Because I, I saw the video, I, I enjoyed it, and I think it's applicable to the audience who may or may not have that much time. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think everybody has heard of uh, high intensity, intensity interval training or HEAT, mm-hmm. but that that's um, uh, quite similar, but still different in the sense that the idea is not to really like destroy your body, like in one session, but it's it's more like. Uh, to train certain like movement patterns at a very efficient, very like uh, high power rate. So, so the key is is, is the uh, the training and the resting interval periods. So you, you can actually you can perform about ten seconds depending on on your uh, uh, like athlete level, uh, very high power, and you can rest like let's say the rest of the minute, like 50 seconds to keep it up. But if we're doing like, uh, let's say Tabata, it's, it's very hard for many people to perform 20 seconds, like a uh, very high quality, super intensive uh, movement, let's say like rowing or running, and then just have like 10 seconds rest and then repeat it even seven mm-hmm. or more times. So the form and the function and the speed is, is usually uh, beginning to suffer but but this kind of method that that the uh, work to rest uh, ratio is, is about like one to five and the work work is not 
it, it's it's about eight to twelve seconds. So you can actually keep up with the ATP turning into ADP and then again to AMP, but not that the AMP core molecules are destroyed and you're getting a lot mm-hmm. of lactic acid and you're burning yourself out. So the key is that you can perform every set, every repeat, uh, like with the same intensity, the same speed, and that's really uh, training. The energy systems in the in the ATP and creating phosphate pathways and also uh, giving giving you uh, a really good stimulus without too too much exertion. Mm-hmm. It seems the principles seem very similar to I, I maybe you've seen the device out there the Carol, which is the the I guess you call it a bike resistance bike where you do two twenty second sprints and recover for a couple of minutes. Is that is that the basic principle there, or am I completely off base? Uh, yeah, you, the rest intervals can be longer. You can do, for example, mm-hmm. thirty seconds, but that's uh, a lot more uh, taxing, and, and usually the speed is, is beginning to decline. So you, you, if you do this like Wingate anaerobic maximal yeah. uh, tests, so you can see that the, the, the power is high up, but it gets slower. Uh, the, the more you, the, the longer you perform the stuff. So it depends on what you want. So those are a bit different. But I would go uh, with the Pavel Zetulin's like principle on this that you do like eight to twelve seconds. For example, explosive uh, kettlebell uh, uh, like uh, swings with added resistance bands. So you get the really good like very explosive uh, movement, but you're not. Um, like uh, diminishing the ATP uh, uh, too much so that it would start to break down. So you're actually training this kind of uh, energy pathway to become just more explosive. And I think the metabolic effects are also very uh, immense. And uh, when I began doing this uh, about three times a week, different like rowing and kettlebells and sprinting and stuff, and I actually Mm -hmm. seen the metabolic effect that it's uh, burning uh, quite a bit of fat, even though you're not like totally uh, exhausted. For example, that mm-hmm. would be with uh, Tabata or Kipala method or whatever inter interval method you choose when you're not recovering enough. So if you do like one minute interval, it would take at least four minutes to recover like totally. So you can perform it exactly the same high-intensity sprout. So what I do, for example, in the rowing wise, so I, I might throw like a 300 meters. It's about, mm-hmm. for me, it's about uh, a little under a minute uh, with the high intensity. Then I would go on and just, you know, work for like 25 minutes, do it again. So that's kind of increasing the groove that would matter. But throughout the day, mm-hmm. I might accumulate like 10 a good, mm-hmm. very high power uh, row, row sprints. Uh, that's great. I mean, I love, yeah, it basically is like your rest period in the Pomodoro, right? Yeah. And that's... Yeah, exactly. It's a great way to keep your brain going throughout the day. It is. It's fantastic. It is, yeah. And you got me really excited when you said Wingates. I love me some Wingates. So uh, <laughs> one, one of these days we'll have to do those in Finland if we can uh, yeah. get the test yeah. range. Yeah. Dr. Ali, one of the questions that came actually from the audience is around uh, peptides and just sort of What's your opinion on, on the research behind peptides, if you have one? I realize there's 3,000 of them out there. Yeah. Uh, do you think they can be of use in sort of your average person's everyday life, or is it more something that you should reserve towards the high performer? 
Uh, I have to say uh, that I'm not really that familiar with peptides. I've read something about them from mostly Ben Greenfield's blog and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They're not really anywhere to be found in Finland. So I think they're okay. more, more of a US thing. Uh, many people have asked me that, so I don't really have an, any opinion on that, but I would be a bit careful because the research, it's, it's very prelim preliminary and you don't know about the side effects there are, of course, possible side effects, uh, and um, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm definitely not playing them with myself because they're not really available here. And usually, everything that's a bit like I don't know, skeptic, they go into this uh, medical <laughs> list that it's a it's it's a medicament, so you cannot really actually buy them. So mm -hmm. I, I, unfortunately, I, I don't have any real uh, like aspect or or or, or like opinion on this side. All right, the sponsor for today's podcast is a member of the toolkit that I use on an almost daily basis to upgrade my state of being and have used it actually for the past couple of years. The guys over at Neurohacker Collective have done a fantastic job. You've heard me rave about the original stack as well as Qualia Mind on the show. But now I'm so excited because the suite of products has grown. You have Qualia Focus for that near-term bump. You have Qualia Mind Caffeine Free for all my caffeine-sensitive listeners out there. But their latest product, which just came out, is oh so exciting. It's called Eternus, and it's a 38-ingredient formula containing the most researched and premium ingredients on Earth for supporting cellular health. This is key to combating the symptoms of aging. If you want to check out Eternus, Qualia Mind, Focus, or any of the Neurohacker products, go over to neurohacker.com and plug in the code BOOMER. You'll get an additional 15% off your order. Enjoy. Let's come back to exercise. The X3 bar, you've had a chance to play with it. I've got Dr. Jaquesh coming on the show. Um, how do you find it? I love it. You yeah. know, it, it's, um, it's been changing my body. Uh, Okay. In, a very, in a very short time, so I, I go to this uh, physiotherapist. That's that's very. Uh, he's he's totally very good, and he he, he was like uh, you know after about a month or a month and a half doing the X three bar the program that that comes with it. He's okay. What what what's happening to your body? So you, every every muscle is is uh, like in in the full length. There are really no any attachments in inside my psoas or anywhere else that are like typical and, and like muscle shortenings and my the, the internal uh, tube I would say like the internal muscles have get, mm -hmm. gotten a really 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 much stronger because of the mm -hmm. variable resistance and you, the stabilization effects that it requires so I feel more uh, I feel more athletic like like mm -hmm. overall and I, I can actually dunk the ball now so i, I played basketball wow. like <laughs> previously i could dunk when i was like i don't know 25 or younger uh then it got kind of got way and i'm weighing like 10 kilos more than then but my hops is it's getting a lot of lot better and spreading also i'm a lot faster and my wife is telling me okay now you you're really starting to look <laughs> look like an athlete so i, I i've been seeing the results uh very uh very good and there it's, it's so different from like a regular weightlifting because uh the resistance is variable you're mainly 
focusing on the concentric side and you're not really creating the delayed onset muscle soreness, I don't really get mm-hmm. like sore any any time when performing the extreme bar workout. So I can actually repeat the training multiple times per week. Uh, of course, that's not all I do, but but that that's been the core uh, strength training wise, and then supplementing with different kind of aspects. So um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was really- going to ask. You're able to so. I mean, we've, I've read a lot about the X3 bar and you're able to continue training using other modalities on top of that. If you want, uh, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. if you want. So, um, of course, uh, you have to take account the whole uh, stimulus to your central, central nervous system because that's, that's definitely stimulating the X3. But the workouts are so short and you just do one set to ultimate failure in every possible uh, a range of motion and that's that's what something i found really effective you, it, it sounds like okay 10 minutes per per workout but when you do like a deadlift to like a complete failure in every possible range of motion you're like destroyed in in for a while but you can continue from there with the next movement so um i have like uh, multiple friends that been uh, trying this out they're like whoa this shit is really like effective and yeah. it's, it's so different and i really love the point that the, after like uh working out my legs they're not destroyed for five days <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i i do a little bit of competitive powerlifting, but i'm going to give the x3 bar a try i'm really excited about it because it looks like something you can travel with albeit not in a carry-on bag yeah um yeah you can put which, it in, in the uh, not suitcase but the luggage yeah. yeah yeah i actually went to berlin yeah. with that and did like a few few times in my hotel room the workout and you know it, it's perfect for for your cabin and uh, not cabin but the you know the luggage in, in the uh, yeah, yeah, the the, ca- the cabin luggage. If you want something funny, by the way, uh, going on TSA's Instagram site and just seeing how many X three bars they pull out of people's carry on bags is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, it's a very very expensive mistake for people uh, to make. Well, totally. <laughs> so coming back to stress resilience now, and you mentioned maybe a, if you don't mind giving the listeners here just kind of a sneak peek into the book. Um, we mentioned the mental and the physical side of stress resilience. Is there any sort of one or two tips you can give people um, more on the mental side who may experience sort mm. of job-related anxiety on how to, because stress doesn't go away, mm, right? Yeah. And the idea of resilience is how do you, you know, be like water to sort of Bruce exactly. Lee standard. How do we, what are a couple of things people could do? Well, uh, first off, if you haven't done any meditation or you, you haven't practiced any mindfulness, that's uh, the number one thing. Just just become mindful about your uh, thought patterns, your uh, possible subconscious like patterns and, and uh, subconscious fears. Of course, it's, it's not easy to get into the subconscious, but they're popping up there if you're uh, like being, uh, this is a cliche, but just being in the moment where you are just uh following the different kind of thought patterns and following what kind of things you they're always going on in your mind and and uh, one key word here is non-attachment so you're not mm-hmm. attaching yourself you're not attaching your uh, emotions to these different kind of thought patterns so when you become practicing that everything 
eventually become very uh, very much easier and you have more space so to speak also in your mind but also in your physical appearance when you have mm-hmm. more room to think when you want to think and when you don't want to think you don't have to think and you can actually slow down the process in your mind so that's 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 one of the first things i i want people to begin just by realizing that they're just thoughts and I don't really have to follow them. I can like choose my thoughts, but you know yeah, that that's a process. I've been doing that from 2007 when I discovered like Eckhart Tolle's writings and uh, the teachings mm-hmm. and uh, different kind of uh, practices. So it, it's uh, it's a process, it's a journey, but that's that's one thing I, I would go go and uh, begin with. Yeah. Awesome. What is if you were, before we go into our kind of final four questions, Dr. Ali, what is the most underrated biohack somebody could implement in their life today uh, with or without, or or with just sort of a limited cost? Yeah, that's, that's pretty easy. And many people who ask me this is uh, that my answer is go into nature. That's, okay. that's free. Go get yourself grounded, go there barefoot, just uh, the deeper or denser the forest, the better. The, the better the effects, the more uh, uh, like immense the effects are on your whole system. And you just get like a fresh air. You get to the contact, uh, the sensory contact to the to the ground, and also you are absorbing uh, the forest with your senses. And uh, in in just five minutes, your pulse rate will drop. In ten minutes, uh, the, the like. Uh, heart rate and, and the blood pressure will drop like dramatically mm-hmm. if you spend there an hour your stress levels will reduce significantly so for me in the nature is it's, it's always like the the key here so if i if i'm not spending enough time in the nature so it's no matter what kind of technologies i use they're still not that effective as going into nature so that's that's something people forget especially living in the busy cities and in areas that there might not actually be that that much nature but you can find a park that's that's always better than like like this just buildings and and sharp forms around here of course in finland we have this you might not believe that what we have like uh most of the land is covered in the forest about like 70 Mm percent or even more we have like uh 1,008 187,000 lakes. Wow. That's way more than where I went. I, I went to school in Minnesota, which is 10,000 lakes. Yeah. Uh, 187,000 is, yeah. is shockingly high. Two million saunas in here. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. Uh, wait, hold on. Two million saunas. And there's not that, I mean, per people, per person, there's what? Two, that, that's have, two people per sauna. Uh, about, about that. We have, it's, it's about like 5.7 million. That's that's the population. Okay. In, okay. In here. But, you know, everybody goes sauna. So combining like uh, open water immersion with sauna and, and these cold heat alterations, they're usually free. So uh, that that way you you go into the nature and you combine these and those are like the best ways to really really start uh, building your resiliency and, uh, and uh, the better recovery in every sense. Awesome. So, Dr. Ali, at this point in the show, I want to transition into the final four questions, which I may be calling the four horsemen. I don't know, uh, yeah. but 
let's let's talk, or should I call you DJ Ollie? Maybe we'll go. <laughs> maybe we'll go with that. One. Uh, how do you achieve focus? Let's say you want to do something uh, very important. You do a lot of writing. How do you enhance your focus? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, one of the key elements is that I block all the sensory uh, noise around me. So I go mm-hmm. go into a place that uh, there's no nothing like visual stimulation, but also use noise, noise blocking headphones just to block the external possible noise if I'm, for example, mm-hmm. in the office. Uh, I use uh, hypnotic music, you know, like electronic, very hypnotic, not 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 too like uh, definitely pop music won't work because it's, it's too too busy it's kind of too busy but this hypnotic like trans trans like music or some kind of like a brain fm uh, uh, service which is really good but I, I like to listen to electronic music that's very hypnotic no singing just uh very stable beats. So that's that's a uh, flow inducer for me, like almost immediately. And I, I practice this so much. So even though my child would be like <laughs> screaming there, if I'm immersed into a text, it, it just drops off. I might even know that she's there. So uh, mm-hmm. by practicing these these different kind of things that you can get yourself into flow. Of course, uh, supplement-wise, there are certain things that are really helping you to focus. So I've been playing around with this Qualia uh, supplement. Um, I love it. But I, I microdose Qualia because I only use one mm-hmm. capsule instead of the seven, and that's totally enough yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> and for most people, I always say, like, start with one. Yeah. The bottle says the bottle says seven, but you may not need ten. You might go crazy <laughs> takes seven. Yeah. yeah, at least I would. So you know, basic basic stuff that's also covered up in in our handbook in the work section. And when you practice these uh, steps to get yourself in the flow, it's, it's so much easier. And and on your laptop, do not have it, have anything like extra there. Do not use social media in there. Just use it for work. So if you use social media, you choose another platform where you use social media. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And also start by uh, actually tracking your effectiveness in the computer. So I use Rescue Time and I get this weekly report. And it's continu- continuously, it's about 90%. That's that's the effective time for me in my computer. Wow, so, beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, you may have alluded to this earlier, but how do you unplug? Slow down the mind. Yeah, uh, nature, again, here is it's just tremendous, uh, especially in, in the summertime when uh, my wife and my child have gone, gone to bed. I go and sit in our terrace and, or, or a swing and just, you know, ground myself again and just listen to the birds and uh, close my eyes and just breathe, breathe the fresh air there. So that's that's very good. And, or even better, we have uh, our summer cottage. Almost everybody in Finland has a summer cottage at the lake because there are so many lakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. uh, the quiet, having having enough quiet time, you really need quiet because your people are like they're overstimulated wherever they go. So being in a quiet place, having enough quiet time—that's that's the key. 
What book has significantly impacted your life and how you show up to perform in it? Uh, just one book. If you gave a couple, yeah. nobody's really going to be mad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I can actually pick three. They're uh, in different realms of life. So uh, one of the most important book in in the sense of like uh, kind of a quote spiritual awakening or or just realizing that the life is happening in the now has been Ramdas book. Remember, be here now. So I, mm-hmm. I remember reading that back in 2006 or so and. I was like, what? What is this? I, I have no idea what what this guy is talking about. And I read it like two months, and I so like slowly began. Okay, oh, oh, okay. I can actually live here in the now, now. And, mm-hmm. and that that was like the first moments I realized that I've always been living in the future or in the past, as as most of the people have. So Ram does remember me here now. Uh, the second one has to be Ken Wilber's uh, A Brief History of Everything. So that was all, also a kind of like, what the beep book for me? <laughs> uh, you, you, can say, you can say it if you want. The show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what the, Appropriately. what the fuck book? Because one of those books I, I read and read, I'm, I have no idea what this guy is talking about. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I kind of really grasp it. But eventually I was like, oh my God, this, this dude is actually under something. And he has actually been able to develop this meta theory that's, that's covering all aspects of other theories. And that was like a life-changing book for mm-hmm. me, a brief history of everything. Uh, okay. Diet-wise, I would say that uh, Rob Wolf's The Paleo Solution, that was a mm-hmm. big one when it came out. I don't know what, what year was that. Like, I love that book just because he took a lot of the work and made it relatable. Yeah. And, exactly, and he's a fun. I mean, the language that he uses is very casual. It word, is. Uh, so. That was fun to read, and uh, the Paleo Solution podcast was my first podcast that I ever listened to, and I learned a ton mm-hmm. about about nutrition. Of course, my perspective has changed, but I'm still still in the Paleo realm, <laughs> more or less, and, and it's, it's been it was very educative and and kind of like a bridge into the, the deeper. Uh, studies and, and, and deeper understanding of, of the nutrition parts and, and like the anti-nutrients and that there are actually things like anti-nutrients and so on. So that was very fascinating. Anti-nutrients could be a subject for another podcast. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Dr. Ali, where can people find out more about you and all of the stuff that you're involved in and specifically what's going on in uh, November yeah. in Helsinki? Yeah, our book can be found at biohackingbook.com or store.biohackingbook.com. So that's that's the easiest way to grab it. And we have a, like a pre-order for US delivery with a, a minimal like delivery costs. So now it's been quite expensive, but we have managed to sort out that for us people uh our summit the biker summit can be found at bikersummit.com and that's going to be a massive event in the first and second of of uh, november in helsinki and it has uh, of course pre-events like upgraded dinner that's just amazing Amazing event. Usually, people like people like that the most. It's a six-course dinner that you're cooking yourself with uh, super uh, high-quality ingredients with the wild chef Summit Holberg, and of course, I'm there and Timo's there, and 
Jaakko as well. And of course, we have the offside. That's after the event. That's totally nature immersion, and the things we have discovered, uh, discussed here. So it, it's a kind of a complete journey into the biking world if you really want to embody yourself in it. So bikersummit.com and bikingbook.com. Excellent. Dr. Ali, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you've given me a, certainly a lot of devices to go out and try, <laughs> but uh, always a pleasure learning from you. Thank, thank you. Thank for you. Welcome to our summit as well. You're going to be speaking there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll link to all of this in the show notes, guys. The show notes can be found at decodingsuperhuman.com slash Ali. Dr. Ali, thank you again. Thank you so much. To all the superhumans listening out there, have an absolutely epic day. All right, superhumans. So that episode was so much more than expected. We talked about Ken Wilber, Ram Das, Rob Wolf, the art of non-attachment, the X3 bar, peptides, and so much more. You're going to want to check out the show notes for this one because they certainly took me long enough to put together, but it's decodingsuperhuman.com slash Oli, that's O-L-L-I. And before you go, if you really enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or head over to iTunes. Actually, this should be an and or. Head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. All the ratings really help. Have an absolutely epic day, superhumans. And remember, as always, perform better. Perform better.